The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Oh, we're heading into the second weekend of May, and we've got more fisticuffs, more action, more of the pugilism to discuss as part of this podcast, Big Fight Weekend. I am merely the host of the show. I've got some great guests coming up on the program. Looking forward to talking with Michael Woods of NewYorkFights.com. He's got his own boxing podcast that we'll talk about as well. Michael's going to have some insight on last weekend's Canelo Alvarez a win over Daniel Jacobs. And also look ahead to the matchups that are coming this weekend. The ESPN card that is going to be in Arizona. And the PBC Fox card that's got Heard and J-Rock fighting in the main event on uh, Saturday evening for the 154-pound titles that Heard has. So Michael Woods is going to be with me in a little bit here on this podcast. Also with me, Marquise Johns. Love his insight, BigFightWeekend.com. He is the lead writer, the purveyor of that site. I'll not only get his feelings on the World Middleweight Showdown in Vegas last weekend, won by Canelo Alvarez, but also see what he thinks about these upcoming matchups. Marquise also following some of the smaller uh, boxing promotions and cards and uh, and fights to watch out for this weekend. So I'm anxious to talk with him about those and a little historical perspective on the anniversary of Boom Boom Mancini. Ray Boom Boom Mancini became world lightweight champion almost 40 years ago this week. So I want to talk with Marquise about that as well. Look forward to hearing from him. And then before the show is done, we will talk as well with Antoine Williams from the greatest of all time boxing promotions in Houston, Texas. He's got an event this weekend to tell us about. I'll get his thoughts on Canelo and Jacobs and also these fights this weekend, including uh, the junior featherweight title showdown on ESPN, the co-main event, Emmanuel Navarrete taking on Ghana's Isaac Dogbe. Navarrete and Dogbe in a rematch of a fight that Navarrete, the Mexican, uh, won easily by unanimous decision. Really a brutal one-sided fight. The rematch coming Saturday night on ESPN. I'll get Antoine's thoughts on that. And get the thoughts from the other guests, from uh, from Michael Woods and also uh, from Marquise Johns about that fight in particular. And also the Heard-Williams fight, the PBC main event on Big Fox coming on Saturday evening. In any event, lots to, to talk about and discuss. I'll say this up front. Canelo Alvarez got the win last weekend. All right, so you tip the hat to him. And no matter how you come down and how you feel about his fighting style, the, the previous failed PED tests, the, the fact that there was controversy around his draw with uh, Triple G with Gennady Golovkin in the first place, and then a majority decision that a lot of people thought Golovkin won the fight. I, I thought it could have gone either way. So no matter how you feel about him, he was good again last Saturday night, but he was not great. He was not spectacular, did not score knockdowns, did not have sustained greatness in any of the rounds of this fight. You saw flashes of it. You saw big punches on occasion. You saw him controlling the action. So yes, check, check, check. But no, spectacular, spectacular like Golovkin knocking out nine guys in a row while defending his title. Spectacular like De La Hoya. Spectacular like uh, uh, Marvin Hagler before that. No. Not the same thing. So in any event, I'm going to talk to this uh, point a little more and, and get the opinions of my guests a little bit more, but that's my take on coming off of that fight. And really, we got to see Canelo now, two fights into this massive deal with DAZN, start delivering on spectacular victories. The workmanlike stuff, you know, stay away from the opponent, use the jab, score points, win decisions. People don't want to pay drastically for that they want to see what he did to amir khan a one punch kersplat knockout they want to see the big power the big, and maybe he doesn't have it at 160 that's another part of this that that canelo is uh is more or less moved up a couple of weights now to middleweight and he doesn't have the same punch in, in that division in any event we will uh we will discuss it more with the guests coming up so we got a roll call of folks to join me many different fight subjects again no matter how you found the show through our friends at red circle subscribe to the show via itunes spread the word about this stay locked in uh here on big fight weekend on this podcast you can follow me i love the sport of boxing you can follow me at buck sideline guy and i'll constantly be connecting you to this podcast and the updates you can follow us at big fight weekend on twitter as well it's a great follow for all the news the previews the reviews the news of the week in boxing historical uh, items as well 
Keep in touch with this podcast. Go to the BigFightWeekend.com website. Follow it on Twitter at BigFightWeekend uh, as well. And we've got a proud sponsor as part of what we're doing on Big Fight Weekend, and that is our friends at Vivid Seats. A reminder, whether it's the fight card in Fairfax, Virginia, for Heard and J-Rock, whether it's this ESPN Championship double header on Saturday night in Arizona, you can get those tickets through Vivid Seats and their mobile app. Any event, anywhere that you can find in the United States, in North America, go uh, go check into it with uh, Vivid Seats and use the promo code BIGFIGHT10. That promo code will save you 10% off your initial order with Vivid Seats up to $50. So again, Big Fight 10 and honor this podcast and the website. Big Fight 10 saves you 10%. Go to Vivid Seats, check out the best seats, ringside, lower level. Uh, maybe you want to be up a little higher to see everything. Whatever the case is in the different arenas, ballrooms, wherever they're fighting these fights, Big Fight 10, the promo code, utilize Vivid Seats. Let's get rolling with our guests, our opinions, the previews of the weekend, and much more as Big Fight Weekend gets ready for a doubleheader this weekend of championship fights on ESPN, Premier Boxing Champions card as well on Saturday night. We've got lots to discuss, don't we? Continue along here as we head towards this weekend. It is Big Fight Weekend, the podcast, the website, and he is with NewYorkFights.com as their publisher. He's also got his own podcast as well, Talk Box, the podcast. He is Michael Woods, who is based in the Northeast, and he is ready to mix it up uh, here with me. Nice to meet you. Thank you for doing this. I'm also going to tip the hat figuratively to Marquise Johns for helping play matchmaker. He's like eHarmony, Michael Woods, for you and me. He got us together here on this podcast interview. I love that. Welcome. I think we'll have a nice uh, rapport, man. So it is like eHarmony. And Marquis is a good dude. I know him from Twitter. And you know what? Social media can be a silly thing, lots of negativity and whatever. But uh, there's a lot of positivity on there and bringing people together, uh, like minds. It's a good thing. Good job, Marquis. All right. There you go. So I've talked already just before you've come on with a couple of thoughts about Canelo and Jacobs. And, and look, you can't take away from Canelo Alvarez being successful and winning. Okay, uh, my point is not spectacular. I didn't see enough from him. That's my. Re- I need to see spectacular, big knockouts, to get things to keep me interested. Good, not great, is my take. What about your take coming off of Canelo's unanimous decision win over Daniel Jacobs last weekend, Michael? What say you? This fight is something that to me said, all right, would well, you got to be careful as you're assessing this because. Uh, nothing is seen in a vacuum. Everything is as a result of how other things are going on around it. And let me tell you what I mean in regards to this one. A couple of things going on here. This fight was on his own streaming platform. And one of the things that I realized was affecting me as I was watching it and in the uh, hours and even days afterwards is I realized that I was disappointed by the fight by what you described, the lack of. There wasn't that climactic finish. And in fact, uh, Triple G said it pretty well, maybe a bit harsh, uh, but Triple G said afterwards it was like watching a sparring match. And uh, I realized that I was affected by the fact that my expectations were heightened, uh, partially because these guys were making so much freaking money. Um... (laughs) Canelo making the $360 million for the 10 or 11 fights. Jacobs maybe making $10 million. And, you know, geez, shoot me, you know. Uh, crap on me for this. But I feel like somewhat uh, expectations are heightened when you're getting to those figures. And is that fair? Well, I don't think it's not fair, right? Because um, shouldn't we be expecting a lot of bang for the buck when those guys are getting paid that, I mean, isn't it sort of um, figuring out what the market is? And, and so that got me going and thinking, well, is the market artificial? It's like these guys are getting paid all this, but where's the real bang for the buck? And the, the larger point with that is you're, you're treading on dangerous ground if you're in the boxing game and wanting to attract more people to it. Um, 
if this continues to happen and people aren't getting the bang for the buck, um, they might leave. And then you don't have such a healthy sport. Now, I've seen in the last four or five years, we're not bringing the new eyeballs to the sport that you think maybe we should be if you think that we have these you know, real A-grade practitioners up top and some really solid pugilists who are applying their trade. But guess what? What are the freaking numbers? Um, and sometimes, you know, man, I don't want to get obsessed, overly obsessed with numbers. I don't want to get overly obsessed with money numbers or, or ratings. Um, but to an extent, this is how we measure things, right? Probably more so than we should. Here's the thing. If that was a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, knockdown, drag out, rumble, which you and me both who are watching the way in the day before, it was suggested it would be. Man, you saw real fire and heat. So where was that fire and heat in that ring? Uh, younger people, it's interesting, real interesting, the dynamic I see. It's like younger people almost. I don't want to sound like old guy. I'm not that freaking old, but I don't want to sound like old guy. Um, but it seems like young people are almost conditioned to have lower expectations. Maybe it's because they didn't live through the era where there were fighters fighting more aggressively. Let me suggest to some of your younger listeners, um, uh, Google and then YouTube a Ray Mancini fight. Mm -hmm. Okay, boom, boom, Mancini. And that will show you the uh, more so the manner of aggressiveness that was not everyone fought like that. I don't want to say that. I'm not, I'm not looking through those rose-colored rose filters of the old guy, but more people fought like that. And fewer people are fighting like that now. And there's a reason for it. In many of these cases, these guys are signing enormous contracts. And therefore, it's having them fighting not to lose. Not to, it, they're not fighting to win in exclamatory and, and thrilling fashion, which is what me as a watcher, as a fan, wants. They're fighting not to lose. And I'm not just smearing Canelo and Jacobs, but open up the eyes and understand what some of the ramifications of some of these massive contracts are. My friend, it's not always for the better, for the greater good of the sport as a whole. That was a large part of my takeaway from watching that middleweight fight on Saturday. That's the voice of Michael Woods uh, with me here. NewYorkFights.com. Love getting insight, all different kinds of perspectives uh, on this. One more point here, which is we seem to be headed to a third Triple G Canelo uh, battle now at some point, later this year, first part of next year. How eager are you to see that a third time? Because it, clearly there was controversy the first two times with both of the decisions. Michael, how eager are you to see a third matchup? Uh, Saul, Canelo, Alvarez, Gennady, Golovkin. I believe, first, before I get to my eagerness, let's talk about uh, the possibility of when it's going to happen. I think it should happen in September. And if I'm the people who are putting out the money to the combatants, the, the zone people, one would be thinking they would have an immense say on when that occurs. Now, I don't know exactly the balance of power. I don't know if Canelo wants to do something else and kick the can for that third fight down the road a little bit, if he has the power to do that. Or if they're going to say, no. Our market research indicates that uh, more fans are more interested in a third Canelo versus Triple G fight than they are seeing um, Canelo versus Demetrius Andrade or something like that. To me, I think that makes sense. Listen to your marketplace. Listen, uh, not always. Sometimes the people, we the people, the masses are foolish. But I think in this case, they have it right in wanting that. That's a fight that we know is going to be at a certain level, a certain caliber. The first one was good. The second one was probably even good. Right? I think the third is just as good as the second. Uh, maybe even was slightly better because Golovkin is older, and that might make there be more risk for him, and he might actually get in more danger this time. We'll see. So that's the one I'm sort of lobbying for. Yeah, I want to see it straight up. I think that that is a, uh, on paper and probably would play out to be a better fight than some of the others that others are suggesting. And once again, it does go back to money. Money factors in. 
And also, who is on, whose roster factors in, my friend? As the design people signed up, Demetrius Andrade, or Andrade, and they got to get him fights, and they got to get him fights against big-name people. Eventually, because he, he's been agitating, he is a, probably an A-grade pugilist. He's been agitating for the big fights. They're going to have to come through for him. Now, problem is, he's not really, quote-unquote, fan-friendly, right? He's not Mike Tyson coming out there. It's skills pay the bills. And, um, so his fights are not, uh, shall we say, punctuated by uh, long periods of, uh, you know, rough and tumble, back-and-forth um, type of fighting. It, that's fine for, you know, sort of uh, the diehard pugilism, sweet science fan. But again, I come back to for the masses, for those casuals that you want to bring in, people that maybe hadn't considered being boxing fans, um, you want fighters more so the slam bam, thank you, ma'am types. And by the way, Canelo isn't that either. So it, I guess what I'm sort of summing up to is it's a little bit of a difficulty in a spot that the zone is in. Man, you do the math, hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars of outlay. And um, for that, you know, geez, I, I, I bet they wish they would like to go back in time and have Mike Tyson come back and fight for them. But this ain't the era for that. So uh, they might be finding, my friend, that it is a little bit of a harder lift in this space than they figured it would be. Voice of Michael Woods with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. You can find him at NewYorkFights.com, NYFights.com. Love his insight. All right, ESPN's got the championship doubleheader. I was already giving a little mini preview here. I wonder what your thoughts are on what I had to say before you came on, that Emmanuel Navarrete and Isaac Dogbay rematch from last December, really a one-sided fight. I'm concerned from Dogbay here. Uh, for him after uh, the way that Navarrete controlled the fight, big right hand. Uh, it just seemed that Dog Bay was a little bit overmatched in that fight. What are your thoughts? That's the co-main event Saturday night, the top-ranked show in Arizona. I think his props to Dog Bay for wanting to come back and whoop the guy who whooped him. Uh, pundits outside looking in are thinking, well, he does have a warrior mentality, does, but, does Dog Bay, but um, possibly the fact that he's just not very big might be the fatal flaw in him. So we could be seeing a repeat. Thing is, I believe in the prior camp, he might have been reading his own media a little bit too much. Might have been a little bit cocky. Uh, we heard that maybe he wasn't doing the requisite sparring that, that he would have liked. I think he's ramped it up. I think you're going to see a better version of him. I think it's a strong possibility that he actually... Uh, is able to get the W in this one. Uh, one interesting element of, of this fight for me is um, how we, the media, and the people will really gain a lot of interest in someone, and there'll be a lot of coverage. And then when they lose, they almost get written off. Right? There was a lot of hype for Dog Bay. Uh, last year, people were like, oh, this guy is out of nowhere. One of the best stories in the last year or so. Uh, tell me more about him. And then he loses. And then he loses, and we have nothing of him. And there isn't actually that much uh, anticipation about this fight uh, among, there is amongst the hardcore some anticipation, but uh, we just write people off after they lose, and it's, it's demoralizing for people. And actually, I don't think it serves the sport that well because uh, wh- what occurs is you end up overhyping people, and then if and when they lose, um, the blowback is too severe. Right, we should be just looking at people who can be giving us good fights and uh, interesting personalities. But if we're writing off some of those kind of people, like a dog bay, for instance, just because they lost, well, I think that's a little bit harsh. And no, I don't think boxing fans have actually grown and are as wise about that as they are with uh, MMA. So, uh, long story short, I'm looking forward to that one actually with some anticipation. And I think it's just about a 50-50. But in fact, Dog Bay might have that feeling because he might just be too small for that weight class. We will find out in that one. Again, another moment or two with Michael Woods. You can find him on Twitter at Woodsy1069. His site, again, is NewYorkFights.com. Love the insight he's given us here for this weekend. And we also have the uh, the Jarrett Hurd world title fight that is coming on Fox as part of the PBC show on uh, on Saturday evening against J-Rock, Julian Williams, 
uh, that one in Fairfax, Virginia. Quick thought from you on uh, on Hurd Williams in the main event for that one Saturday night. I feel like Hurd is being perceived as a seventy-five to twenty-five favorite. He's seen as a beast, as a monster, as a throwback. Unequivocally, I will say he was just signed to Everlast, and he is one of my favorite fighters to watch. That one, to me, is the most anticipated fight of the weekend. I would suggest that you could safely tell your friends, hey, tune into this one because it's going to be a good one. Hurt is a throwback fighter in that he's very busy. He does actually want to drop and stop his opponent. He does understand what the fans want to see, and I don't disagree. I think he is about a 75-25 favorite in that one simply because J-Rock has been stopped before. I think that's in the back of his mind, and you could see a stoppage here, and I believe you tell your friends uh, that's going to be a real good one. They're going to get their money's worth in watching that one. We got our money's worth uh, here talking to Michael Woods, and uh, Michael, again, does a great job. NewYorkFights.com. He's obviously based in the uh, the Northeast, has his own podcast, Talk Box, the podcast for Everlast that sponsors him. Uh, listen, a treat to talk with you. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to everything that we're going to see roll out. Speaking of the New York area, next weekend, Barclays Center, we've got uh, Deontay Wilder's heavyweight title defense, WBC heavyweight title uh, defense coming up. June 1st, Anthony Joshua's U.S. debut right there in New York at Madison Square Garden. So there's definitely going to be some interest in and around the Big Apple, the, the media mecca of the world for all these fights. Michael, a treat to talk with you. Let's see what happens as they mix it up this weekend in Tucson and in Virginia on ESPN and Fox, respectively. I thank you for spending some time with me, previewing it with us. Uh, we appreciate it, sir. My friend, you do a great job, and uh, looking forward to hearing more of your show. I appreciate you having me on. And a reminder again, Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and their mobile app. Wherever you're hearing me for this weekend, if you're looking uh, for fight tickets for the showdown between Hurd and Williams, the PBC a main event on Fox. That's in Fairfax, Virginia. Get your tickets through Vivid Seats there or the doubleheader uh, with Burkelt and Vargas, the rematch in Arizona. Navarrete and Dog Bay also fighting there in Arizona. Get the great seats, ringside seats, lower level, etc. All the great selection, 100% customer service, guarantee with Vivid Seats and use the promo code BIGFIGHT10. BIGFIGHT10 is the promo code to save 10% off your order, your initial order with Vivid Seats for the new customers up to $50. Use that promo code BIGFIGHT10 to save with Vivid Seats. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Got a chance to break some bread literally with this man last week and live to tell the story. It is always good to have Marquise Johns who is the lead writer, the purveyor of BigFightWeekend.com on the podcast, on the Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast. Um, I I did come to learn something. I've known Marquise for a little bit. I did not know that you do not like guacamole. They will not be fans of that in Texas and in the desert southwest, etc., that you are not big on the avocado and the guacamole. However, I more than make up for that myself. I eat your share and maybe a couple of other people's share of guacamole. Thank you for that, TJ. Even though I'm probably banned out of the, the lower southwestern United States, it's always good to be around, as always, the tacos. <laughs> Eat the tacos, just not the avocados. Uh, I like that. All right, enough about, about the eating habits and Mexican food, but let's talk about a Mexican fighter. Let's talk about Cinco de Mayo. Let's talk about Canelo Alvarez. I've already touched on it some, and our previous guest, Michael Woods, touched on it some. Your take on Canelo's unanimous decision win over Daniel Jacobs, sir? Fought the fight. Honestly, TJ, for anyone who just wants to watch boxing for the first time because it's Cinco de Mayo weekend and the, the goal is usually to bring the casual fans in to watch boxing for the first time in a long time, this fight was not it. In fact, the first four rounds of this fight, some would question their sleeping habits, and it would cha- <laughs> it would rival that of the Easter Bar- Bartholomew card from earlier this year in regards to the output as well. I know people, and it's weird because, TJ, boxing media all week long has been kind of giving this fight a pass. And I don't understand why, only because Canelo's on it, I'm, I'm assuming. Mainly because of that. Also, with this fight as well, the CompuBox numbers in regards to it, and even in the fight itself, if you've seen the first six rounds of this fight, Alvarez was dodging every punch that Jacobs was throwing. And I know it works in other sports where defense wins championships, right. but if you're trying to watch boxing in a fight where people get hit in the face for a living, and he's not getting hit in the face for a living, 
It doesn't make for great television. And in fact, the crowd was booing this at one point. I'm surprised that anyone didn't mention that in regards to this fight as well. Wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but Jacobs pretty much wasn't able to hit Alvarez because right. he was just putting a complete show in the clinic. Well, and I, I you know, yeah. I, I thought Canelo, I, the, way, the phrase that I used, good, not great in this. Not enough sustained action from him, and Jacobs couldn't figure him out, like you mentioned, to hit him. And so I won't say it was bad. It was just kind of good at times and average most of the time. That's my opinion on what we saw. And uh, and there you go. I mean, that's that's my take off of this one. And uh, I can understand where some are now questioning, hey, there are eight more fights on the deal with Canelo. Are we going to go through another two or three or more of these before we start raising an eyebrow on $35 million per fight to see good or average as opposed to spectacular or great? What do you think, Marquise? As Guafkin said after the fight himself, because he was in attendance, the fight was kind of boring. And he's paying $35 million to watch pretty much a sparring session, which is his quotes as well. That is a very bad investment. <laughs> and the only thing they have to show for it with the zone, as you may have known, is that they apparently they, they came up with the numbers regarding to how many people actually saw this fight, which reportedly was $1.2 million. Which is, it's, it's interesting that they revealed that, isn't it? That normally they keep this stuff close to the vest and the entity itself won't leak out how many people watched. But maybe maybe DAZN with pride here was trying to tell everybody there was interest in this, that 1.2 million used the streaming service. It's a record for them. What, what do you make of it, Marquise, that they made that announcement themselves? I'll piggyback you on that and agree because I think they're setting the bar in regards to viewership because it's been a several months now and we don't still know who saw Spence Garcia total yet. We still will never know with, with Crawford Khan. They've, they've been locking key unsolved mysteries with these numbers with so for some reason or another. And Well, the reported for, number on the Spence Garcia pay-per-view was something like 300,000 buys. And keep in mind again that if that's $70 per buy – let me do my quick math. You make a quick $20 million off the pay-per-view buys, something like that. If it's 300,000 buys at 70 bucks a pop, DAZN at $9.99 a month is saying, hey, we got $1.2 million that we're streaming it, that we're subscribing. All right, so that's pretty good money. That's right around $12 million. It's not pay-per-view. It's not you know $20 million. It's not $50 million. It's not something like that. So it's just, it's interesting. They're trying to tout what they're, what they're doing and uh, look it's better it's better than them trying to hide it and we find out it was 400,000 people that were streaming it that would not be good that too and also with that fight being 1.2 because pretty much they said the number was that in general I'm hoping this will lead into people of course seeing more of, of the zone granted the next card of interest on their end is the big one with Anthony Joshua yep and Andy Ruiz and Believe it or not, I'm, I'm going to backpedal on this. Like I came in this podcast week before, TJ, saying how I wanted Michael Hunter to actually fight this guy. I can see why they chose Andy Ruiz in regards to his following in Southern California. So now I'm, I'm willing to relent on that. I don't think he's going to win, but I do at least see the method behind the madness. Well, and, and what kind of new subscribers are they going to get? Is it going to be the same number right around a million or a million five? Are they going to get a million more people to subscribe for that fight? That's the challenge for DAZN with the streaming service. So... Uh, we'll see what happens uh, on that front. All right, so I, I want to get to the fights this weekend, but I also want to talk about the site, about BigFightWeekend.com. You yes. have written about Vasily Lomachenko, one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world, the world lightweight champion, uh, a winner back two or three weeks ago with an easy knockout over Anthony Krola. Uh, all right, so what's up with Lomachenko? Because he's got he's he's got a newly ordered mandatory challenger. Tell me more about what you've written about. Yes, Lomachenko pretty much disregarded anyone who was fighting in the WBC, the World Boxing Council, <laughs> in regards to rankings, and pretty much leapfrogged and Disney fast-passed him to get the number one spot in a mandatory pretty much against Luke Campbell, who already had the mandatory challenger, who was supposed to fight Mike, Mikey Garcia, but of course he dropped the title to be champion in waiting. I, I think they call it uh, champion emeritus. Right. Essentially, it's, it's, it's will call champion is what it is, long story short. So what they're going to do with that is put Garcia can come back and fight whenever he wants at that weight class. In the meantime, Campbell is going to fate has the unfortunate task of facing Vasily Lomachenko, which ruins the plan originally because I'm pretty sure Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing was all but set with him fighting Devin Haney 
who they just signed recently to a contract, essentially for that fight to set up the So in other words, Lomachenko's got a couple of the belts, and Hearn was wanting two of his guys to fight for the vacant belt and then maybe fight Lomachenko. Now we've skipped a step. Do I have that right? That's correct, and that's exactly what happened. And pretty much Eddie Hearn has gone on record on several places pretty much saying, what's the point of a sanctioning body if there's not going to be any way to govern with it? But can I I tell you something? The WBC has done this for decades. Decades. Where they they seemingly pull a guy like off the street and he's number eight in the WBC and he's suddenly fighting (laughs) for a title. So we, we, you know, we move a guy up from number six to number three or number two and he didn't even fight. So uh, they've they've done this uh, throughout their existence uh, with the rankings and, and obviously uh, they want Lomachenko to have one of their belts because they, they hope to be able to dictate to him, hey, fight one of these other guys, and that's what they're going to get uh, here in this uh, uh, in this instance. So that's interesting. So you can read more about that at BigFightWeekend.com. And I know there's a couple of cards. We haven't talked about this yet, but there are a couple of cards that are, that are going to be going on this weekend that are lesser known that you're also interested in. What about those? Yes, in fact, there's a card going on Friday, and in fact, if you listen to this Friday night of the podcast, it'll be streaming actually on their site as well, on demand after the fact. Warfare Sports has a fight card out of Philadelphia that has, in the main event, well, more importantly, before that, they have uh, the Beast uh, fighting his bantamweight prospect, coming from fighting out of Vegas, but he came from, uh, TJ, the greatness of Muskegon, Michigan. And if you're doing, if, and if you're doing the old glove t- uh, test in your, your right hand, uh, Muskegon is where the base of your pinky is. We may have lost you for a half second. What's the name again of the fighter we're watching there on Warfare Sports Friday night? Uh, Reese Salim. All right, Reese Salim. And what division, what weight class here for him? Oh, he's a bantamweight prospect. All right, so he's, he's one of the intriguing ones. And I know Fight Night Live also has a show we had Michael Woods on earlier. He's associated with that. What's going on with the Fight Night Live card? Yes, Woodsy, practically didn't mention this. He's actually going to be calling the play-by-play of the card. It's going to be Fight Night Live's second anniversary, which you can catch on the main event card of it is going to be on UFC Fight Pass because Murphy's Boxing, as you know, TJ, out of Boston, Dropkick Murphy's is a big, they're like the Beatles up there. And they own, they own this boxing gym in this promotion, actually. So they're actually holding up, they, they hold every so often these fight cards. They're holding this fight card. This is going to be your second anniversary show. The main card is going to be on UFC Fight Pass, which I think starts at 9 o'clock. Before that, however, if you're on Facebook, it's just Fight Night Live is the actual Facebook page. It'll be up there streaming for video as well where you can catch the undercard, which has Carlos Gangora, who is actually a pretty good uh, Ecuadorian boxer who is fighting a couple of, uh, let's just say, uh, favorable opposition in regards to <laughs> – but it should like make that. for a fireworks – it should make for five weeks and actually a very interesting undercard before it actually gets on to the uh, USC Five Pass section of it. Love the insight and the humor of Marquise Johns. Follow him. He's a great follow at Weak Sauce Radio. Love his insight at Weak Sauce Radio uh, for Marquise. And again, find him on BigFightWeekend.com. Also follow the website via Twitter at Big Fight Weekend. Also on Facebook, Big Fight Weekend for all the articles, previews, recaps. Uh, history. I want to get to the fights this weekend. We do we go, do a yes. good job of trying to tag team you and I and others the historical part of boxing. There was a great anniversary of a one-round uh, just all-out brawl between Boom Boom Mancini and the then-champion Arturo Frias. That fight earlier uh, this week was 37 years ago uh, that Mancini captured the World Lightweight Championship for the first time. Uh, again, the fight only goes the one round, but there was enough in that one round that there was a movie even made about Mancini's life, and it culminated with him winning the championship uh, in Hollywood on the small screen, a CBS made-for-TV movie about Boom Boom Mancini. That's how impactful this guy was in the early 80s, Marquise, uh, Boom Boom Mancini in that one-round fight. So my point is, we, we try to go back in time in boxing history uh, from week to week and month to month and cover some of the, the big-time fights, and Boom Boom became a legend. 37 years ago, he won the title uh, in Las Vegas in a one-round great fight. Love to relive that on YouTube. Yes, that was a great fight, too, in regards... Not really in regards to, but more importantly, the fact that they made a CBS Live... It was a made-for-TV movie? Yeah. And and, CB, and CBS uh, televised it all over the country, and they, they really... They they latched on to Mancini in the early part of his career uh, with some of those fights and kind of turned him into a national star, if not a worldwide star, 
Um, and then as I, as I wrote about, tragically that same year, I mean, Mancini again fought in the era where fighters were fighting four, five, six times in a year. He, he actually fought another time that summer after beating Frias in May and then fought in November. And tragically, that's the fight where Dooku Kim, the South oh, Korean opponent, was, yeah. was killed in the ring, uh, died, died days later after the injury suffered in the ring in a, in a battle that goes down as one of the great uh, lightweight fights of the 1980s that unfortunately ended horribly with Mancini knocking him out at the very beginning of the 14th round and Dooku Kim never recovered from his injuries in that fight, went into a coma, died a short time later. Uh, Mancini probably wasn't the same after that, even though he defended his title, I believe, four more times after that. He ended up losing uh, to Livingstone Bramble. There's a name blast from the past. Bramble beat him by technical knockout, oh. beat him a few months later by unanimous decision. And Mancini was basically done as a worldwide figure. But really, for that run, 1980, 81, 82, he was a humongous deal. So I just love the history of the sport. And it's neat to still see Ray Mancini, boom, boom, uh, around as a commentator on the Fox coverage, etc., because he was that still big fired of a deal. Up about it. Oh, yeah, he was that big of a deal back 40 years ago, Marquise. Man, no, it's, it's, always, it's always good to look at this stuff when you look back at it at, <laughs> on the website. Of course, at Big Fight Weekend, mainly... Because more, more than anything else, there's some great fights that we're always we're covering back up. We're not covering back. I remember back just I rent. showed you that 15th round of Norton and Larry Holmes. We talked about it on the podcast, and I've now showed that to you. Did I oversell it? Did I overhype it? Or was that 15th round of that heavyweight title fight, 1978, everything that I hyped it to be for a final round of a fight? That was maybe the best advertisement ever, TJ. You undersold that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I and, wish there was more rounds like it. Wow. Holmes, Holmes. And, uh, Holmes and Norton in that 15th Norton. round. All right, so let's get to Saturday here, Marquise, with your opinion. We've got a couple of interesting fights. I guess I'll put this question to you. What intrigues you about Jared Hurd and J-Rock Williams fighting 12 rounds uh, for two of the uh, 154 belts, the junior middleweight belts? What intrigues you about that fight? It's the Fox PBC main event coming Saturday night going to be a good one on fox and it's free television you have, you have to check this one out what i'm looking for in this fight tj is the fact that social media this week because of the alvarez one was making a lot of pound for pound lists like on monday and tuesday i don't know if you saw that on twitter it was kind of obnoxious yep. to a point because i think i made one for about food because i was just that guy <laughs> and you and did not with, have guacamole in your top 10 i can confirm that no, on all your food stuff yes definitely bottom 10 and with the hurt with the hurt williams fight it's giving a chance for her because he's not mentioned in a lot of people folks pound for pound top 10 list and he holds two of the belts and this fight with J-Rock will probably be his toughest test out of everyone I've seen. And it's, it's really and I hate the cliche TJ 50 uh, 50 fight. No fights 50 50 either you, you win or you lose. I mean, I, I, I just hate that saying that, that's up there with shock the world. Like, either you win or you lose. <laughs> just, if, if you want to shock the world throw lightning bolts, but. With, the, with her, J-Rock, is going to be the most competitive fight on, out of all these cards I've seen so far this weekend. And I do like the fact that it's also in Virginia where it's close to these guys' homes. It's, it's, for her, it's his homecoming. And for J-Rock, actually, coming out of Pennsylvania, it's, it's nearby. So it's going to be a, it's, it's a, it's a good school, old-school regional fight. I'm going to look forward to it. All right. And then the other card is the ESPN card in Arizona. Again, they've got a championship doubleheader that night. Junior lightweight title uh, with Miguel Burkelt and Frankie Vargas. Uh, that's a rematch, 12-round title uh, uh, fight that's that's there as the main event. The co-main event I'm equally intrigued by, and we were talking with, with Michael Woods about this, uh, with Emmanuel Navarrete and Isaac Dogbay, junior featherweight title, 122-pound title that Navarrete won off of Dogbay. Navarrete from the desert southwest, speaking of that, Dogbay from Ghana, uh, it was really just overmatched. Again, uh, Marquise, I want your feelings on this because uh, they they just recently fought. Now they're back in it again. And Dog Bay is really, he deserves some credit for guts, but he's taken a real risk uh, uh, right back in the ring with a guy who really beat him badly um, and brutalized him. Swole, swollen eyes shut, took a lot of punishment in that fight, and he's right back in the ring with the same guy a half year later. That's the buildup for the Coleman event on ESPN Saturday night, Marquise. That's going to be nuts. The fact that he's in the ring so quick, by the way. With Dog Bay, I don't understand if he's going to be able to get to Navarrete at all because the height advantage at this point was made apparent in the first fight, and it got to the point where it was looking kind of ridiculous. 
Uh, also on the backpedal as well, uh, keep an eye on Brookshake because he's fighting Vargas. If he gets past Vargas again for his, his title defense, he's gone on the limb and said he wants to fight Lomachenko. Oh, uh, of course, Lomachenko, don't they of course, all? Lom- of course, yeah, that's I mean, e- of course, that's easy to say, right? I want to fight him, and then you actually have to get in the ring and put the gloves oh, yeah, up I'm, and hope you don't get hit. I mean, TJ, I wouldn't win a lotto too, but you have a dolly to be in it to win it. So, but 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 the main reason I'm bringing that up is because coming down the line at the end of the month with Burkett's belt, uh, there's a fight with Jamel Herring and uh, Masaki Ito over in Kissimmee on the 25th. Herring has gone on the limb, and I've wrote about it actually on Big Fight Weekend. He wants Burkett's belt after this fight if he beats Ito. He's made up, made that very well and clear because of the business of boxing. So I'm looking forward to see if that actually uh, funnels through. Yep, so there's a possible unification situation there. Junior lightweights, again, uh, fighting at 130, the uh, the one class down from the 135, the lightweight division. We'll see what happens again. That's in Tucson, Arizona with that two-title uh, fight main event and co-main event um let's see you know uh as, as michael woods was saying to us maybe dog bay didn't train as hard as he should have didn't know enough about the opponent navarate has he learned some things that will help him can he close that distance that we're talking about the height and the reach advantage because navarate was pumping that left jab pumping the right hand and it was no contest uh throughout that fight we will see did we cover all of it anything else uh, for this weekend, besides the fact that we want to plug BigFightWeekend.com and the website where they can go read all about this, right? Pretty much BigFightWeekend.com is where you can find the news and notes about what's going on in the world of boxing. I'm all over it. Uh, follow me as well. Also on Twitter, usually during the fights, I'm pretty sure I'll be watching a, a good majority of <laughs> these and, and uh, arguing with random trolls on the internet about scoring judges and, and, and what establishing the jab means because for some reason people just on the internet don't know what establishing the jab means in boxing. <laughs> Not fine. anymore. Not anymore. It's part of the sweet science. So again, I, I love this guy because he tweets about all fights, all fight cards, different time zones. I mean, DeZone's got a show uh, coming on Friday night from England. Marquise will probably be tweeting about that. He'll be tweeting about as he mentioned, these other two cards from Fight Night Live or Warfare Sports. If you want to keep up with all different forms of boxing follow him at weak sauce radio that's marquise's twitter handle at weak sauce radio also follow the big fight weekend website bigfightweekend.com on twitter at big fight weekend uh, because we'll have something about all of these and, and previews recaps news opinions the podcast you find all of it at bigfightweekend.com i love it anything else in closing you better rest up because there, are, there is a lot of boxing every which direction, uh, from Arizona to Fairfax, Virginia, all over the country. Philadelphia, like you mentioned, with one of those other fight cards. We got to, we got to keep track of all of this stuff this weekend, Marquise. We got to be ready to go. I'm gonna find the Red Bull and uh, a keg stand as well. <laughs> but also, before I get out of here, uh, TJ, I do want to mention in regards to this whole IBF nonsense with the the uh, Tevin Farmer's belt. Uh, he's they're, they're they're setting up for him to fight uh, Joseph DJ Jojo Diaz who. Took care of uh, Fonseca on and Saturday. Rem- and remind me, what division again for Farmer? This is lightweight again? It's junior lightweight. It's the one. Junior lightweight. So this is the same one uh, with one of those champions that's fighting on ESPN coming on Saturday night. So keep an eye on this one. So what about Farmer? Go ahead. Uh, Farmer, uh, more likely his his fight uh, with Joseph, Jojo Diaz is more likely going to happen at some point. Well, what was supposed to happen by Tuesday was he had a mandatory with a uh, the, the ever so known Guillaume Frenois out of France, uh, who, who who's had 50 fights, yet you can only find one fight that on tape, which was the one that he had a draw with Joe Carroll. <laughs> I don't know if he, I don't know if he's been tripping people in the dark or fighting in the dark, but there's only one tape of this guy fighting. <laughs> so they they pushed aside that purse bid for that. So more than likely, uh, Golden Boy and Matchroom are working on a deal for for Farmer to fight Jojo Diaz because essentially they they're at, Jojo Diaz and Farmer were, were make were jawing at the press conference because TJ, as you well know. When you get disrespected on social media, you fly from Philadelphia to Las Vegas to talk about it. You got to go. You got to go talk some trash, if that's the uh, if that's the case. All right, we'll see what happens with Tevin Farmer as well. Keep it locked in, BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise, I always love the conversation. Thank you for helping me preview the weekend. We'll be reading on BigFightWeekend.com, sir. Thank you, TJ. I'm hoping someone's going to go down this weekend. There's going to be a lot of it. Oh, I've been jonesing to check in with my man in the Houston, Texas area. He is the promoter, the owner, the operator, the guy behind greatest of all time boxing promotions. Who better to talk a little sweet science with me as we head towards the weekend and talk about his upcoming sparring event in the Houston area than Antoine Williams back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. 
How you feeling, sir, as we've gotten the uh, the month of May underway? Oh, I'm feeling good, TJ. I'm feeling good. You know, right here in Houston right now, it's drink, it's drizzly and wet, really rainy. But uh, Big Fight Weekend's on fire, so we're not going to let the rain mess with Big <laughs> and Boxing's on fire. I'm ready to go, TJ. I like that. Okay, so your opinion, please. I've been soliciting other opinions. Canelo Alvarez wins by decision over Daniel Jacobs. Did that do anything for you? Yes, Canelo won. My opinion, I may taint this a little bit with what I'm asking you and how I'm asking it. It didn't do a lot for me. It wasn't spectacular. Did it do anything for you with Canelo winning yet another belt? You know, not really. I mean, let's get credit where credit is due. Canelo did win the fight. Um, Danny Jacobs is a great fighter himself. You know, he's a he's a B B level fighter. Um and he's definitely one of the top middleweights in the world. The thing about the Canelo fight that kind of disturbed me a little bit, no one's really talking about it, TJ, is the fact that they put some rehydration clauses in there. When has Canelo's team ever been concerned about a rehydration clause, for God's sakes? Think about it. You know, this kid comes in to fight, you know, 15, 20 pounds over, over you know, rehydrating overnight. So I was a little bit, you know, concerned with why they were making such a big deal out of Danny Jacobs having uh, a weight advantage or having a rehydration clause. They were trying to fine him 250000 <laughs> per pound. Per pound. Right, so that's a million right. dollars if you're four pounds Well, I, I mean, I guess we did talk about it on the preview podcast. They were concerned that he might come into the ring at like 175, like a light heavyweight, 180, and they were trying to prevent that as best as they could. I guess that's the explanation. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that's what the explanation was. Well, yeah, you're right. But think about it. Canelo, that's about, he typically comes in at probably around 170, fair to say, um, give or take a couple pounds. Danny Jacobs, I think what Canelo's team was looking at is that they didn't want to give him any advantages to being able to absorb any of those punches that Canelo hit him with. They wanted to make sure that Canelo had every, every opportunity to score a, a knockout, maybe late in the fight, they wanted every opportunity to make sure that uh, Jacobs didn't have any extra power as he counterpunched Canelo. So, you know, other than that, I think the fight didn't do a lot for Canelo. He was a favorite going into the fight. Um, everybody knows that it was already said that, you know, in Vegas, if, if Danny Jacobs uh, didn't get the knockout, that you probably were fighting against the judges as well. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and, you know, it's hard to argue that. I mean, if you think about it, Canelo's had some, some interesting wins over some fighters that we don't know if he really beat, such as, I'll just throw a few names out there. Austin Trout, that fight was close. That could have won either way. Landy Lara, that fight was close. That could have won either, either way. Uh, Triple G, twice, right, that right. fight either way. So, but it still was a win, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Well, and, and you go back like I do. Uh, I mean, when you talk great heavyweights, and the iconic one probably of the last 40 or 50 years is Marvin Hagler, uh, and look at him demolishing people by and large. I mean, yes, a couple of them went the distance, but he, he was a menace. You, you look at what De La Hoya did eventually moving up uh, to middleweight and winning some. You look at, at Golovkin's reign where he had the nine straight title defenses and all of them were knockouts. Canelo, to me, does not belong in that category until we see spectacular over and over again against quality opposition. I've not seen that yet as a middleweight, and he doesn't belong in the class with Hagler, De La Hoya, or Golovkin until he does, in my opinion. What do you think? I do agree with you on that. Think about this. Canelo, a lot of people forget, he started his career back down around 147 pounds. Think back to a fight where he fought Miguel Cotto's uh, older brother, Jose Cotto. And that was a fight where Canelo got rocked, TJ, if you recall that fight. He got rocked in the first round. He almost got stopped. He was in the corner taking a barrage of punches from, from Jose Cotto, who, by the way, he's no world beater, by the way. So, right. um, he started at 47, and then he moved up to 54. We really believe Canelo's a true 54, junior, junior middleweight. Um, so, no, I don't think he really has shown that he has that one K one a punch knockout power at 160. And I think it shows on display. I don't think he had at any moment. I don't feel like he had triple G in any trouble in either one of those fights. I don't even feel like he had Danny Jacobs in trouble in the fight at any point 
on Saturday night. I feel like Jacobs was just kind of going through the motions, kind of felt like if you look at the fight, it seemed like he was swimming in quicksand sometimes. He looked, you know, rather slow um, in certain rounds. So I don't think Canelo has proven that he can uh, be a monster in the division. But I got to give credit where credit is due, TJ. He is a good boxer. He is a good counter puncher. He's a he's a he he's really you know um, he he has it all. He has it all, and he has a look, and he has the appeal. So he's sure, a golden sure. he's a golden child. He's good. He's good, but so far not great as a middleweight. He's been great previously. I mean, Amir Khan would disagree with us that he has one punch power. We saw what he when he splatted Amir Khan, but <laughs> you know, uh, by and large, we we want to see this over and over again. We'll see if it does. Again, Antoine Williams with me for a few more moments. Love his insight. I want to talk more about his event coming up in the Houston area as part of the greatest of all-time boxing promotions and what he's doing. He's a promoter. He's got some great insight on the sport. Two interesting fight cards, different parts of the country this weekend. In, in Virginia, Jarrett Hurd uh, and J-Rock Williams are, are going to be battling for a 154-pound title. Across the country, it is a doubleheader on ESPN, on, uh, on ESPN Maine, not on ESPN plus with a couple of world title fights i'm more interested as i've said earlier in this podcast in in the co-main event the navarrete rematch with isaac dogbe from a fight last december do either one of these uh fight cards appeal to you here what are you intrigued by coming up saturday night the pbc card in virginia or maybe the top rank espn card that's going to be in arizona yes so tj as i'm saying um regarding the fight with Hurd and Williams. I'm more intrigued in that fight. I think that's going to be um, more appealing to the fans, to the hardcore boxing fans, because J-Rod Williams, uh, he's a monster puncher, you know, and then you have Jared Hurd, who normally will start off slow, but he'll come to get you late. And I think both of those fighters have been in the ring with some quality opposition. If you think about it, J-Rock has been in the ring with the likes of the Charlo brothers. Mm-hmm. He's been in the ring with Ishe Smith, who's a veteran, been around the game for a long time. He, um, he actually outboxed Ishe. Um, and then when you look at Hurd, Hurd has knocked out Tony Harrison, which, by the way, is currently the um, champion at 154 pounds, a junior middleweight. And he's going to be rematching uh, Charlo here at the end of June. So if you think about it, these guys have really been in the ring with some tough opposition. Jared Hurd just beat Arizona Lara. So he has a really good-looking resume. And J-Rock is here to make a statement. He wants to show everybody he's still one of the top three junior middleweights in the world, and he wants to let everyone know that that setback that he had against the Charlo Twins was nothing more than a mistake that he made, made in the ring when he got knocked out in the, in the fifth round. So, yes, that's, a, that's definitely a fight I'll be tuned in. I'm very interested to watch. Now, kicking over to the uh, Navarrete and Dog Bay fight, I think that fight has a lot of uh, interest as well because we both know what happened when they just fought about six months ago when Navarrete literally beat the brakes off of Dog Bay mm, for yep. 12 rounds. For 12 rounds. And you know what? That fight could have been stopped in round six or seven. There'd be no argument on my side, uh, TJ. And so I really think that's a fight where Dog Bay wants to redeem himself. He wants to show that uh, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a champion. He wants to show that, you know, Navarrete doesn't have the skill level that he has. So I'm really looking forward to that fight. But if I had to make a choice, I'd pick the Hurd and Williams fight, definitely. I love that. And we'll see if Dog Bay, I mean, Navarrete just looked uh, dominant the first time around with the reach, the long right hand that Dog Bay couldn't close the distance on. I don't know how he solves that. Let's see if he can solve that in the rematch. And it's awful quick to ha- after that brutal of a one-sided beating to have him right back in the ring five or six months later with the same guy. We'll see how that goes again. That's the co-main event. Uh, Burkelt and Francisco Vargas, Frankie Vargas for the WBC Junior Lightweight title is the main event on the ESPN show there in Tucson, Arizona. All right, so simultaneous to all of that going on, you've got an event going on as part of your boxing promotion, the greatest of all time boxing promotions. I love helping you however I can help you plug away on the Big Fight Weekend podcast with what you're doing this weekend in Houston. Yes, TJ, this Saturday, May 11th, We're having our big professional sparring event here in Houston, Texas. The wait is over. Saturday, May 11th, (laughs) this Saturday, 
the wait is over. The Go Boxing Promotions presents Sparring Night at J.D. Byrider North location. The address for those fighters that are wondering, 8224 North Freeway, Houston, Texas, 77037. We're expecting so much of a fun evening, TJ. We have fighters coming down from San Antonio, Dallas, of course here Houston, um, the surrounding areas. We're looking at some of the top fighters in Houston. We're looking at some of the up-and-coming fighters. We're looking at some fighters who are turning pro that want to be a part of this. This is an opportunity to let everyone come out, get their shine on, get their shine on like a diamond, and no bigger stage than being with the GOAT Boxing Promotions, the greatest of all time, giving these fighters the opportunity to get out, showcase their skill, present their craft in the ring, come out, mingle with the general public, take pictures, sign autographs, it's going to be an extraordinary event, TJ. Now, for those people that want to know, how do I become involved with something like this to be able to display my skills on a world-class level? To do that, all you have to do is reach out to the Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook, on our social media business page, the Goat Boxing Promotions. Also on our website, www thegoatboxingpromotions.com, TJ. And then, of course, you can always follow us on Instagram at BoxingExpert33. So if you ever wanted to get an opportunity to showcase your, your skills, your talent, talk to the promoter, here I am, Saturday, May 11th, great opportunity to grab my attention, get in the ring, show us what you got, baby. TJ, one day I promise you we're going to get you down here to one of these events because you definitely are missing – uh, uh, an extraordinary event. Well, and I know you've been working hard. Uh, you had a preliminary event last week, uh, the first weekend in May, and you've been working towards this goal. And again, this guy is grassroots helping young fighters in Texas and the Southwest with an opportunity to become professional fighters and grow the sport. So again, the GOAT Boxing Promotions is what we're talking about on the web and on their Facebook page uh, as well. So contact him, and Antoine Williams does a great job with all of this for the fights this weekend. Listen, you've been most gracious to hang out with me here, talk a little boxing. I know you're trying to get all the details done for Saturday night. Great, great to talk with you. Good luck with your sparring event that you've got going on. Plug where it is one more time and where they can find out more on the web one more time. Yes, we're going to be over at J.D. Byrider, which is on the north side, 8224 North Freeway, Houston, Texas, 77037. The event starts at 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Once again, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Come hell or high water, this event is expected to take place with or without the rain. I want to see everybody there. Once again, J.D. Byrider and the GOAT Boxing Promotions were teaming up to present the Sparring Night Live. It's a free event. Leave your wallets at home. It's a free event. I, like I said, it's a free event. We want to get these fighters in the ring. We want to get them the exposure that they deserve. And uh, we're just here to have a lot of fun, TJ. So if you, if you ever wanted to get into the world of boxing, the, the best sport, the sweet science, Saturday's the day to do it, guys. And I look forward to seeing you out there at the sparring event. Antoine Williams, great job. Thank you, sir. I always love you hanging out with me on Big Fight Weekend. Thanks so much, TJ. It was an honor. And there we go. That'll do it for this edition of Big Fight Weekend. And whether it's the ESPN Championship doubleheader from top rank Saturday night, or whether it's the Herd Williams 154-pound junior middleweight a title showdown, PBC on Fox. Enjoy the fights this weekend. My thanks to my guests, Michael Woods, NewYorkFights.com, and his podcast as well. Uh, love his insight from earlier in the show. Marquise Johns as well, BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise does a fantastic job of keeping our site up to date news, info, uh, the recaps uh, of fights as they happen, etc., etc. Uh, love Marquise's insight. And again, follow him at Week Sauce Radio. He's a great follow throughout the weekend with all the fights uh, on Twitter. And also Antoine Williams with me from Houston. His event this weekend is part of the greatest of all time boxing promotions, The GOAT. 
Uh, they're, uh, they're the Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook and also the GoatBoxingPromotions.com. So check into that for their sparring event this weekend, and I appreciate his insight on the fights and everything that's going to be happening. We appreciate you joining us as well. Reminder, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes uh, or wherever you find podcasts, as a matter of fact. But in particular, uh, they're on iTunes under Big Fight Weekend. The episodes come automatically to you in the preview mode or in the recap mode. We want to thank you for hanging out with me uh, here once again as part of Big Fight Weekend. Enjoy the action for this weekend. I'm TJ Reeves. Let's see what happens with these different showdowns, top rank, and also PBC shows coming this weekend. And, of course, next week it is Deontay Wilder defending that WBC Heavyweight Championship in Brooklyn, New York, on Showtime against the number one challenger, Dominic Brazil. Uh, that one, again, a scheduled 12-rounder with bad blood and a lot of buildup. So we look forward to that one next week. For now, we're done. Enjoy the fights. Read them up in the preview mode and the recap mode as part of BigFightWeekend.com. And thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.